we have an interview with Gary Tonin coming. Uh, wait, I'm right here. Already, after a stunning performance, here to explain why fighting is way easier. Outside on the Mets, Gary Tonin, winner of VBI 13. Gary, <laughs> what was the secret? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't hard. Uh, I was telling Gordon when we were outside, I was like, Gordon, I'm just going to go in there and uh, I'm just going to wreck shop. And, and I did. Steroids? Just a lot of that, that Gordon juice? You just uh, now, I see. Here's the thing. This is I've been telling Gordon this for years. I've been like, Gordon, why are you only taking my steroids, too? And I like, <laughs> I don't even know. He's taking my steroids because, I mean, I look I made 155. I've heard that. I've heard he took your steroids and your birth control, and it's just all <laughs> hell broke loose <laughs> in the Tonin residence. Okay. But hold on. Okay. But here's the thing. I wonder if, like, did you guys see my tribute to Hef? <laughs> Absolutely. Your robe looked ridiculous. I know. I, I, I was looking at it, and I thought, was, is this too subtle? <laughs> and then I was like, <laughs> shit, make the boobs bigger. And I did. And, you know, I'm proud of what I did. Hey, we're proud of you. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, final thoughts. I'm just going to give you the floor to say whatever you want on your performance. Ross going to hate this. Um, okay. <laughs> I want to go ahead and say a few things. First of all, uh, Harambe was he was a he was a legend. Okay. Oh God. Um, second, Get shut up. Tattooed. Don't interrupt. Hey, hey, you said you were going to give me the floor. <laughs> okay. Uh, second, I want to go ahead and shout out um, – George St. Pierre, because uh, I'm getting ready for my, my MMA debut, and it's going to be awesome. Uh, but then also, he, did you guys like see how many times I heal with people? And like, I want to give a shout-out to uh, the people who repair the knees that I broke. Orthopedists everywhere are excited another EBI happens. <laughs> There's too many syllables in that one. You know that. I do. Uh, I anyway, uh, shout-out to everybody. Uh, John Danner's a legend. And... Uh, <laughs> I guess that's all I got. I don't really have any more words. Hey, we'll take it. Ladies and gentlemen, UBI 13 champion, Gary Tonin, and it's time for Verbal Tap. I am your host, Kevin. With me, of course, Raph Esparza. Raph, you were live to watch that idiot's <laughs> performance, and I want to thank yeah. him for stopping by for the intro. That's helpful. I also mm -hmm. am looking forward to, did you talk to him after? You know he did. I, I'm so I saw the photo. The shirt looks amazing. Gordon mm -hmm. looks hilarious. What God? Why does Gordon look so attractive in a tank top? Everybody was like, "Uh oh, he's gone meathead," and then everyone was like, <laughs> "You know, I don't hate it. Looks great." Next, you look fantastic because you look like you're like. Uh, is there a beeper somewhere nearby? <laughs> and Gary looks in full Gary. How was the event, sir? So, here's what you should know. EBI has become one of the biggest parties in the world. I feel like it's always a 10th planet reunion that the rest of us kind of crash. So everybody... After party. 10p AP. <laughs> uh, 10p for the weekend is definitely what we were for the weekend. I feel like it's like got the equivalent of the Olive Garden. <laughs> when you come to EBI, you're all high. So something like that. I don't know what it is. I got to work on that. I know this much, that... There are a lot of great things that we saw. There's a lot of stuff that I observed. Um, I got the opportunity to kind of run around. And when these events happen, there's so much that you see that happens on screen. But there are stories that happen behind. Now, 
Should we go in order, Kevin, or do you have a specific area that you want to attack first? Of the entire event? Yeah. Well, in order, let's do this ESPN style and do it like top storyline down. Like okay. Top talking. Gary Tonin, so hot now. So hot again. So hot again. So this hot is, again. This is his fifth title, dude. At what point? Like, he's like the Julia Louis Dreyfus. Can I give you props real quick? Mm, I thought yesterday. Up? When I think it was earlier in the day, I texted you. I was like, you know, Gary looks good at 155 uh, at light. I think lightweight. And you, you honestly made the case that this could be crazy. And it was an unbelievable event. I thought from start to finish, I thought we really figured out some slap grappling. I thought the matches were awesome. For this weight class, a lot more stand-up than I was expecting and I was excited about. But Gary was unbefucking-leavable. Like, he didn't look <laughs> tired. He didn't look particularly stressed at any point. No. At all. I mean, I I honestly was like, did you get distracted by that kid named Keenan? Just you weren't sure if that was the Keenan you knew and that's what took eight minutes? Like, that was the only match seemed to take any real time whatsoever. So shout out um, to that. I mean, that was nice. If it was Keenan in disguise, that'd be great. I like the idea that Keenan would go like a little bit shorter. Keenan Cornelian, which we're going to get to We Reddit, our favorite segment. And uh, we're going to get there into the commentary. Might be two or three, Raph. We're going to debate about it. But Uh-oh. Gary's due. Wins his first match via heel hook. I was actually driving home. And I turned it on just in time, and they were like, uh, winning quickly. That's right. And I was like, are you fucking joking? How how quickly? Pretty quickly. Um, you asked the question, and you were dumb to ask the question. Because you said to me, how did Gary win? And I said, how do you think he won? And I assumed via heel hook followed by sexual intercourse consensually with his opponent. That's just what I assumed. That's essentially what it was. So <laughs> Gary starts us off, and As it's Raph a fun cues day. the music. Raph's that friend in the audience. It's like, I'm not going to let them just dry bone it out here. Let's get some Barry White in. I mean, he was wearing the whole, like, silk robe. Yeah. So you really got to give it to Gary. Okay, no, but Kev, we're starting on the matches, but do you, do you understand what was happening backstage, though? Because we're about to get to the inclusion of somebody. That I feel I had supreme access to see how it all went down. So let's go to this next match. So what's the next match after Gary uh, heel hooking right at the beginning? Uh, then then he fights uh, the Keaton kid, who yes. we know we know that guy, right? What's what from PBI <laughs> only or because he You're defeats asking. Chance Broad and then Ross Keeping, Ross Keeping. Yes, and I I, I love that. So, but. Very, he's, that was a quick match. Yeah, and you get the feeling like it's, we've got off to a brisk start. When they're saying something as funny as, oh, look at EVI, look how fast the submissions are coming. Two heel hooks to start the day off. And Wagner Rocha goes, no, 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 wait till I get there. Yeah, I got because if I'm going to give you an actual, like, roadmap of what EVI was like, EVI was two hours long. So there was two hours worth of EBI matches, and then there was another two and a half of Wagner overtime. 
It was a lot of Wagner Roca. Like per I capita, just want to say his his usage rate. If the if this were NBA advanced metrics, would be through the roof. If Wagner Rocha body triangles were powering in a solar form, then we would not have an energy crisis. He, with his body triangle, could power an entire car. I had a super stupid thought while PJ Barge was trying to get out of it. I was like, why doesn't he just try? Shut up, Kevin. Shut up, Kevin. <laughs> the fuck do you? Don't even. Why doesn't he? It's like, ah, oh, because he didn't think of it. Like, what do you mean? He looks so exhausted trying to get out of that. And PJ Barge is fun to watch grapple, by the yes, way. Yes, yes, yes. PJ is a beast. So, I mean, that was the takeaway. Ross Keeping was, I thought, a blast to watch fight Gary well, Tonin. I mean, tough ending. <laughs> we're going to get there. Yeah, of course. Very rough ending. Um, Not as tough I, as the next match where okay, he... But, hold on. Ahead. Here's Sorry, what I want to say. John Battle was having a very good battle, uh, aptly named. Uh, a sweet human being, a very, very good guy. Um, one of the things that Gio went up to... Uh, I believe John Battle after the match because they were having a nice back and forth, Ross and John. And he goes up to him and he goes, Man, that was some really good movement. And all I could do was look at Gio and go, I concur, man. And John was just like, Oh, really? And I'm like, Yo, dude, I know it's a tough break. EBI is not meant for the faint of heart. Like, one of the hardest things, and I say this so many times, and I would never have to say it if it wasn't true, but. The odds never work in your favor in jiu-jitsu. We crown one person winner, and we crown 15 people not the winner. Kind of and for a people, warrior. Well, for people who really like get the ability to believe in themselves, it is a crash landing. So I see grown men on there take the extra seconds on the mat, and they they just shut down, and they get emotional, and it is hard to watch for a certain sense because you want to go up and tell them, on my best day, I could <laughs> never do remotely what you fucking do. So it's it's hard for me to find and evoke all of the sympathy in the world, Kev. Yeah. If you know what I'm saying. Well, John okay. Battle's got some matches under his belt about gordon a long time ago but he again there were there were no bad matches except for wagner's in any <laughs> we'll of the <laughs> he's actually the round one rocked round one was amazing round one was fantastic um but gary takes lucas valente's leg and i texted you i hope that was worth it because at a certain point it honestly looked like Lucas Valente was fine with where he was and thought mm-hmm. he was sort of unheel hookable, which is, I mean, jealous for the bravada. Raph, they said it popped in. It looked like it did. He certainly was struggling a little bit balance wise post. That's a really balance nice way. Very nice way of putting Super it. Super nice way of saying it was gross. But. At a certain point, and you've already made a public statement about this, which I appreciate. Mm. When Gary Tonin is attacking your heel, tap, man. Tomorrow is important when you're a young fighter. And as you just mentioned, this is a badass tournament, and it's cutthroat. It's like March Madness. Good teams lose in the first, second, third, fourth, every round. Like, it's tough. Tap. Easier said than done. I understand that. I'm good. Lucas Valente was already 
in verge of having a really good day. So, like, we all understood he was doing wonderful things because he he advances very quickly in his first round. So you look at that and you say, this guy, he's he's doing stuff that's really, really very awesome good. to say. Yeah. On the same token, there's a surprise. He beats one Keith Krikorian, and we will come back to this in a minute. It was but, just insulting to the podcast on a personal level, but, you know, we'll we'll get over it. We're fine. Hey, come on. It's not like no, Keith no. Krikorian's family on this place, so don't worry no, about come it. Come on. That's just mean. All right. Anyway, so <laughs> uh, there's this whole thing that's happening on this side of the bracket. Um, but if we are talking a little bit about Lucas Valente and we're fast-forwarding over the Keith part, I do want to address this with Gary. I don't think I've ever made higher-pitched screams that I'm pretty sure were being able to be heard by the entire audience. Because at a certain point when Gary gets that heel hook and I'm just sitting up top in the balcony and you hear me going, ah, ah, ah. Like, it's worse than any horror film. And I have said this in the same way about one Eddie Cummings. But it was conjuring those same heel hook attacks where all of us are looking and I go, please tap for the love of God. Dude, tap this is still escape. going on. You've got to do one or the other. Like, for but the he wasn't sake. escaping. He nope. was still in there. And you knew you go. His knees are going to be mom spaghetti by the time he's done. <laughs> and you're working through it and you're saying, why am I being subjected to watching this? And you. You get invested in it. So, so here's what I can tell you. Okay. So we have an interview with Gary, not the one that we did up top, but we have an exclusive one that we're going to uh, have at Verbal Tabcast on our YouTube page. It's a tradition. So look that up. If you didn't yeah. do an interview with Gary afterwards, I'd be pissed off. I would too, actually. So at the very end of that, I asked Gary, and I'll give you a little preview. I said, Gary, were you letting go of some of those heel hooks because – at a certain point, didn't it make you a little awkward? Didn't it make you feel weird? And Gary was saying, yeah, he doesn't come out here to assassinate human beings per se. Like he comes out to win, but he's not trying to make it so that somebody's not able to, uh, you know, even functionally walk. It kind of felt like the first round, he he genuinely looked at him and gave him what I would call, and I've gotten this look from... I've gotten this look before. I'm familiar with it, where people give you uh, Sean, Hepa, there's a few people that I that come to mind. Even Conley will do this when he's attacking your feet, by the way. Mm. T-Money, obviously. They give you that look that's like, you really want to try and escape right now? You think that's the best course of action? And Gary looked like he stopped, glanced at him like, dude. Yeah, you really have got to tap. And I thought it was gentlemanly, but then I thought he was going to break his fucking knee because it, that, it yeah. genuinely it looked like it pissed him off. Like, yeah. oh, OK. All right. <laughs> All right so that's you, fine. <clears throat> you know what it's kind of like? It's one of those movies. It's like the movie Heat, which, by the way, one of my all time favorite movies. Great. In case you don't know. Dropping but it's kind of like that movie where they look at each other and they go. I'm going to have to put you down. <laughs> and the other guy's like, I know you have to do it, but do it. And it's like, brother, don't make me put you down. And it's like, but brother, 
do what you got to do. Like that's what's going on here. But it doesn't have to because all you have to do is fucking tap and you'll be able to walk the next day. And the rest of us don't have to look at your legs just unravel. Like I felt like you – you can literally just make that knee escape. Like that kneecap can just go away and out of the picture. Uh. And yet – Valente just kept persisting through it. He kept going through it. And the last part I'll leave you about the little preview from Gary's interview for this portion of the podcast is when Gary was looking at me and said, honestly, Raph, I can't look at other people do this sort of stuff. I have a low tolerance for that. He goes, when I look at like Nogueira and Mir, I think is what he was saying. He said, yep. I can't look at that Kimura break. He goes, I just, my own stomach starts to churn. And I go, but you were there. You were doing that to somebody at the tournament. And Gary goes, I know. And I go, were you throwing up in your mouth? He goes, kind of, yeah. (laughs) So that's a little bit of a hint to give you guys something there. Okay, so we're staying on this side of the bracket. I think it's time we get to the kid. Well, we were going to finish the Gary. We were going to finish the Gary storyline, which is that he wins. Yes. Via unbelievably tight aggressive inside heel hook on Wagner that um you know he got in positions he wanted to get in all night he was unbelievable he was unbelievable he was really at 155 that's a dangerous human he's dangerous doesn't matter I guess how much you weigh but when you're all and you know he walked in at a clean 170 by the time i mean he's recovering pretty well probably yeah. not a big guy by trade but he certainly didn't walk in at 155 and he just you said it he wasn't sweating and i hate this i hate gary i don't like the how much i'm impressed by what he did yesterday but wow that was awesome okay so you're talking about the whole wagner thing and like, gary dissected wagner who had again so much time well, on the show. Hold on, you're t- you're about to talk about something interesting. <laughs> I want to hear more about what you're about to say, which is insight into what Gary said. But first, I want to talk about NorthSouthJujitsu.com. Oh, please do. North South Jiu-Jitsu underwear, bamboo odor, odor barrier. Odo barrier is also a pretty wow. cool term, and I'll I'll do suggest me that a for favor, a please, for the love of God, for our <laughs> poor poor sponsors, say the names right. Got it. Bamboo odor barrier. There we <laughs> go. Not a it's a vocal person. warm up that we do. I promise you. I, guys. We practiced Bamboo this so many times. Barrier. The producers were yelling. Everybody, there was a lot of pressure. Anti wedgie grip. And Raph, I'm already obsessed. I used it to go on a jog because, as you know, I'm a very injured human being. But the anti write up was noticed. 30 day free shipping. You get a money-back guarantee. North-South Jiu-Jitsu underwear. North-South-Jiu-Jitsu.com. I'm impressed. Good job, Kevin. I'm only the, wearing Say it that again. Now. Can you Yeah, can Bamboo you Odo Barrier. <laughs> Odo uh, Barrier. Yeah. It's a new Halloween costume. It's a fusion Actually, Star Wars Odo character. Odo Barrier is one of the lost Star Wars characters yes. in case you've yep. never seen. I, and he's wearing North-South Jiu-Jitsu underwear. That's where the name came from. I, I want to say this. We got pairs thrown at us this week. And uh, I trained in them, Kev. And uh, let me tell you a few things. Very breathable. Yeah. Yeah. Supported. I think you you feel uh, – you know, you don't feel as dumb as when you're just wearing uh, other types 
of uh, apparel. And, and if you're Kevin, sometimes you're not even wearing that. Sometimes Kevin's going commando. I will break that news to you right now. I, I Tom Petty, free, fallen um, with the be it. I the. This is Absolutely. no respect for the dead, Kevin. <laughs> There's, uh, I, okay. that was tons of respect. I'm just saying. No, you, you were like, hey, I'm, I'm going Tom Petty here. <laughs> there is no version of Commando that invokes the name Tom Petty. But while you're going to bring up, she's a good girl, loves her mama, loves Jesus. And uh, do you know the difference between um, Tom Petty and Bob Dylan? Um, I would assume a substantial amount of acid. In America, too. That's the difference. Um, it's really it's subtle. Okay. Well, Tom I Petty, like it. She's a good girl. This was a NorthSouthJujitsu.com ad when we started. It was a Tom Petty tribute by the end, and that's why you should call Verbal Tap. <laughs> you should say, I need this, and we'll help you out. Uh, or we'll just become a loving partner because we love how your product feels against our thick-setted hips raf what yes. was wagner just give give me whatever you're about to say about wagner rook insight because wow w- wins my fastest submission in all but the first round <laughs> wagner how do i put this okay let's talk about a few things that wagner does number one he has a very good body triangle sure now you couple that with his questionable mouth breathing covering tactics uh, the questionable strikes that might be grips underneath the chin was uh, definitely uh, hit Gary. What wasn't even yeah. not trying hit Gary a few times. Then there's also the fact that when you're really there, you can't overlook the fact that when he is standing up, he might be headbutting people. So when Wagner took one of the, the like first eye pokes or something like that during his matches. All I could think about was, oh, porpecito, no, <laughs> no, not Wagner. But I'm like, bro, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. So I, I wish I could evoke more sympathy. Do you know but what I've his coach said? Head, but in that what moment? did his coach say? What did he say? Okay, we could hear it on the broadcast. It was Nathan Orchard that gave him a little chestle and cracked his face. And then his coach yells as they start, Wagner, you know that's your shot. You know that's your shot. And it cracked him up. Like, it, Wagner was like, ah. fuck, damn it. Yeah, he's right. Okay, I was trying to play the victim. Thanks, coach. And they had a real moment. That is funny. I thought I, I couldn't quite get exactly what it was. Somebody asked. I think Octavia was like, what do you say, fool? And I was like, fool, I fucking can't hear him can't because hear. of your camera. <laughs> I don't have a goddamn microphone stepped Jesus, up his ass. Jesus, get but off it me. Was subtle. His, coach just, yeah, his coach was hilarious, kind of. Because anytime you put him in a body triangle, it was like all day. Was like, was that the strategy? It was tr- yeah, I guess. I was. Well, I believe you're being too complimentary to his coach, who I believe was Enrico Coco, who I don't like right now. So there's that. Obviously, we who also we is going to be him, facing but Joey Enrico House. Enrico Coco so. was fucking hysterical last night on Whatever, the broadcast. Yeah. He was way better than the commentary, which I think is storyline three. Or four, but we're talking okay. about storyline two right now, just, which is Wagner. Wanna, let's get and back like to Wagner, it. though. And here's where the issues come in. So Wagner, very violent. Um, apparently, Nathan Orchard, who I have an interview with, check it out, Verbal Tabcast, YouTube. Oh, he was he, unbelievable last night. He was saying, and I don't want to give too much away, 
But I asked him, like, what did it feel like? And he goes, you know, we call these things matches, right? And I go, yeah. He goes, what Wagner and I had was a fight. And that's usually in the interview where I say things like, yeah, I got really violent. And he's just like, and I loved it. Because Nathan <laughs> Orchard is a crazy person. Yeah. That is not without a good saying. <laughs> so I just, you know, I'm glad that they enjoyed it. It was still torture to watch or- Orchard in a body triangle forever in the same way that PJ Barch was in it. And again, those are two very tough individuals. So I guess what I'm saying to you is Wagner is good at playing the role of Wagner Rocha, which is kind of a spoiler. When people were asking me, they're like, who do you see in there? And I kept saying, I was like, Wagner's probably going to go far. And I said, PJ could also go very far because PJ has a lot of raw aggression, good wrestling, all around game. I think he embodies a lot of what really is good about 10th Planet. He got caught in those body triangles by somebody who knows how to game the system and is very good at it. And it's not to fault Wagner because to a certain extent, he's playing to win. But <laughs> is that what he's, doing? he's just not <laughs> playing to win in regulation. He's playing to win the tournament because he would have walked away with, I think, zero dollars, Kevin. Correct. They were very clear about that. That I was actually confused about the details we were getting on the broadcast. That was the one that they did explain. They were like, hey, now, he's won zero dollars, <laughs> FYI. Now, this is also important to note because at one point, did they explain this on the air? Because I was at the rules meeting with Eddie, and I don't know that this has always been the case. I think this is actually – there were two new rules that they brought into effect yesterday. The first had to do with combat jiu-jitsu, but the second had to do with EBI overtime. So we'll start with the EBI overtime. In there, they said if – it goes to five minutes in the first or second period for either participant. It will then go ahead and make an automatic. Eh. If they then go to the third period, I hope that's what I, it says. By I the way. thought eh. that Eddie was saying they would go to a fourth period, and that somehow doesn't seem right. But I think at the third period they were still toying with the idea of having that be the open-ended one. It looked at a certain point because John Danaher started asking questions and it looked like Eddie Bravo was not prepared. But he was answering the questions. You know, John Danaher just had very uh, important questions in his true Danaher way of saying like, Mr. Eddie Bravo, when the arm gets across the center of the chest, is that considered out? And Eddie just looks at him in all sincerity and just goes, I don't know. I, it could be. It could be out. <laughs> and so the, like then Gary comes in and demonstrates. And it's a very awkward scene. At the very end of it, Eddie goes, that's it. That's it. And you know what? I don't even like you guys asking. You're asking too many questions. Like you're too good at it, you know? <laughs> and so it got very strange. But like Danaher basically came, tipped his cap at everybody, and everybody was like, oh, it was like a demonstration. I felt we were at a seminar for a second. So it was like Danaher was explaining the rules, which is probably why they're so good at it. So anyway, that was one of the rules. So I'm still not 100% clear if it's five periods or, or you know, two in uh, – the first two periods are five minutes each, and then that third period is open-ended or five minutes. Um, but that's why you saw Nathan Orchard – uh, still stuck in a triangle, and then they go, eh, and then Wagner had to let it go, and you knew Nate was behind. But you also knew that Wagner's just like, body triangle to finals, woo! <laughs> so, 
That's why I just look miserable for PJ and for Nate, who are two very tough individuals. I contend if you would have gotten PJ into, I think, the later rounds with Gary, uh, it would have been fun to watch for a number of different reasons. Um, but instead, we got Wagner and Gary dismantled him very quickly. All right, but that's neither here nor there. That's what happened there. I bet you're asking yourself, Kevin, what was the second rule change? It. What was the second rule change? If a submission's said, in, they leave it? Like, I said it was in combat jiu-jitsu. So did you see something that you've never seen with combat jiu-jitsu before? Think hard. I am thinking hard. Okay. Uh, Let me explain. Palm. I don't know. So here's what happened. At the rules meeting, they also went over a new change with combat jiu-jitsu, which basically says if you're standing for three minutes and none of the action has gone to the ground, then what happens is they flip a coin and whoever wins the coin toss gets their choice of up or down. And the up means you are passing and the down means you are in butterfly guard. And when you are in butterfly guard, you have two hooks over. So the idea is that you already get to slappy slappy time. So Kevin, <laughs> that's why they want to provoke that because they okay. want to get the people to the slaps. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Sorry. It was a lot of jujitsu guys and a lot of slapping. That does make sense. Okay. They got pushed down a few times. I was all right. So I believe that happened during, <clears throat> I'm not sure if it was Thanks, broadcast. Final you guys crushed it again. First, Did they but, not explain that? Fuck off. Like, may, probably uh, the first time, and they were like, we don't need to touch that again. So if you missed it, it you were fresh. It only really happened once. It like, was in the only... Geo match, right? It was in the championship match. You're talking about Boogie. Yes. I'm sorry, Boogie. <laughs> I'm talking about his brother. Yes. I'm talking about his brother, Boogie, in the finals match. Yes. Yeah, no, I guess I uh, didn't notice that. I also might have been on mute and... Uh, <laughs> Maybe they did. I'll give them a pass on that one. By that point. <laughs> but, I just felt like all I could think about when I was sitting in my chair is they have to be explaining this because this is a new rule and uh, this will affect combat jiu-jitsu everywhere. So uh, we're about to have combat jiu-jitsu worlds in a couple of weeks. So it'd probably be good that things change. Anyway, there is that, you guys. So I was very pleased to see uh, our good friend, Boogie won. I'm not pleased, Kevin, that he did not give me a full interview. Okay. What happened? Well, there was a melee. So at the very end, they turned it into like a hodgepodge. Normally they have a way of doing things at the very end of the show. But instead, everybody all funneled to the lobby. And then it just became like trying to find somebody when their raids happen in the Hunger Games where you're just kind of like, Boogie! (laughs) Boogie! Please! Bugs! And then I think you see somebody get hit with a dart, and you're just like, no, Geo's down! Jennifer Lawrence <laughs> she comes in and just takes Geo out. It's I think like, at one fuck. point, Victorian uh, volunteer That wasn't tribute. easy. I don't know exactly what happened there. So anyway, okay, so that's all that story there. So yes, I'm a little peeved. Boogie, I love you. You're my boy, but you owe me an interview. So I'm going to put that yes, out there. I even texted him a photo today of him and his crew. So I want that on record. I, I would all say Boogie's storyline three. So we're, we're crushing okay. our ESPN lineup because he was awesome. And I honestly was impressed in general as you're sort of getting into, and we'll talk about Denny's match, the super fight, but 
I thought the combat jujitsu had a lot more applicability and strategic interest this round. Some fighters figured it out, and it really is an interesting approach. But wow, it was some the matches weren't quite as painful this time, which was nice. I wasn't right. fighting in them. So <laughs> let's talk Geo about Art. that. Um, Geo and Boogie. his brother Boogie, yes. who was <laughs> Boogie there Rock. as well. They showed Geo so many times. I probably they did. There's a lot. Geo was coaching a lot as Boogie was crushing it. So Boogie had a great day. Took out the very game Bobby Emmons. But he's done a ton uh, of MMA. They, I I do always kind of like when they're like he's got an amateur record. It's like oh that's fucking right. He's got a lot of fights. Yeah. So it does make sense. Yeah. So the first side, you know, uh, is a good match. Gets a beautiful. I believe he got a Darce in the first match. Or I look more like almost like a Japanese necktie. I mean Boogie was on fire yesterday. So we're super proud of him. Um, you know, the combat jiu-jitsu was pretty good. But I think, Kevin, this might take us to storyline number four because this is where it was the most prevalent. And you know it's bad when I'm getting messages as if I'm in charge of things. But during the Denny Prokopos, and Denny is our boy. Like, I like Denny. He's great. Denny looked crazy. And our good friend Kevin Widows, who was just featured on a recent article on gentleartmagazine.com, so go look that up. Uh, they both are two amazing people. So all you could ever wish for is a good match. However, Kevin, this I think was the moment that the 10th planet bias seemed to be rooted in the commentary. Now I'm going to preface this with, I know Compella. He's a very good person. Scott Ross, always quality. I don't really know TJ DeSantos all that well, but like he's very good to the community, but there were a lot of people who were very unhappy with the commentary last night. When we get to the re-Reddit aspect of our show, we're yeah, gonna tell you what other people said. Okay, these are things that other people said <laughs> that I think bear some sort of analysis. Now, one of the things that you have to keep in mind is in jujitsu, if you are not open to critical discussion, that you don't get better. So our goal here is to provide a discussion and where we, loved, we want people to get better. We love DBI 13. This was just great grappling. But it should also be noted that some people did not like the commentary. Now, uh. I will do a full disclosure here, <laughs> which is this. Have I applied to be an EBI broadcaster? I don't know that there's a like form that you need to fill out. But I made like a meme, which is just as, I guess, official, you know, and have people like Brandon McCatherine also. I think he has like a change.org that people are signing and they're just like, (laughs) I think if he gets 100,000 BuzzFeed featured recently, 100% Kevin, there is an online petition for Brandon McCatherine. I will tell you that right now. That is true. Good. There should be. and, and Brandon would be a welcome addition, and I would love chatting with him and doing that sort of thing. But that's not the point. I want to make sure this is full disclosure because, again, Compella and Scott, quality human beings who are always nothing but nice to me. But if we are being critical and analyzing what people are saying online, it was not beneficial. And I think the the biggest thing I saw was that people were wondering, why do they always have 10th Planet commentators? Or people who are super friendly to the 10th planet system and mostly in that realm. So if you're listening to this now and you're wondering why are we going to go on a rant on 10th planet, 
I want you to understand that when other people are watching a show, they get that Eddie is behind it, but they also wonder, like, why not have other people explain things? So, Kevin, with that in mind, do you care to lead us off on this part of the conversation? Yes. In the we read it category, or you just want my straight up? Well, I want you to give your opinion on the Denny and the Kevin match because I think there is what stems at least something that we can say from one of the fighters on how they felt. Yeah, okay. So a contentious match at multiple points, but this was led up to, and the match was fantastic, by the way. Okay. it, It was sort of back and forth, and then Denny got the drop and does what Denny did. But Denny also looked like he was going for crazy slap jitsu. They did what they do, which is talk about Denny the entire time. That was it. That was all they talked okay, about. Sure. How awesome Denny the- is. First black belt. He's trained for this. It was the same shit. <laughs> they say every time a 10th planner fighter fights, and we agree. We know. Denny's a professional. We actually don't need to be told. He trained specifically for this. That, that kind of sounds right. What we need to be told is what's going on in the match and how are they contradicting each other and how maybe is his opponent combating some of the things he's trying. But that would be analysis based off of what you're seeing, Ralph, which would be. All right. Here's what Kevin Widows had to say. Okay. Yeah. Watch the replay of my match from last night on Fight Pass. Had to give a giggle at the commentators claiming I was overwhelmed by open hand strikes. Uh, The emoji that just looks up in the air and is super bothered. Fake news. When you're used to getting kicked in the head by guys like Tyler Wombles and Diego Paez uh, as a slap, as they say in the hood, ain't nothing. So, okay. Now you have a competitor. And this is recent because you had somebody in the UFC who was even saying, hey, Joe Rogan, don't talk shit about me. You and Daniel Cormier were talking shit about me. You owe me an apology. This is different. Kevin's not saying they owe him an apology. He's just like saying what I did hear some people say, which was. I mean, Denny's doing good, but I don't know that Kevin was overwhelmed. Kevin was doing uh, some great rubber guard. Denny was getting out of it, and there were smacks on both sides. Like, I thought Kevin was pretty active from underneath. So I thought it was a pretty good match that went to overtime, and Denny ended up getting the submission in the end with a rear naked choke. A great match. But if people are feeling the distance, a by the there, way. And it's not just the, the participant. It's not just Kevin who's saying that. You have lots of people who start to say that. You start to wonder, are we a little too heavy on the 10th planet side? <laughs> now, again, I hear some of you who are 10P for L saying that could never be possible. It's our tournament. Go find another tournament. Um, well, it also is kind of nice to maybe branch it out. I think the truest form of any kind of broadcast team is if you put three of the same people in and any version of anything, nobody wants to listen to that. And I'm well, speaking to somebody. Sad reality is it's not your tournament anymore. It's not. I mean, it's not Kevin, just Tenth Planeters that buy it. This is a product now that represents jujitsu on a very high level, and I that would, product I'm, needs to refine itself Kevin, to represent. I'm literally jiu-jitsu. just playing the one side of it. We haven't even gotten to everything. I, I'm else with yet. you. I, I do think that is the argument, though. Right? We need to keep Tenth Planeters. It's like, absolutely, you do competing. Uh, I prefer to call them Planeteers, but. I just know that in this form, you you do isolate part of an audience. And it was a little discouraging that, you know, in order to build up Denny, who, Grant, we all like, I like Denny a lot. 
it doesn't mean you have to push down the other competitor. So then he looked like an insane delicate. person. Talk about that while he was trying to smack. It was awesome. Okay, <laughs> He's like so I'm gonna the, hit you a lot. You have Denny. You have Kevin. Elsewhere throughout the commentary, Kevin, let's now transition to make sure that this isn't just an isolated case study. No, I want to get into We Reddit. Let's open up the We Reddit, please. Welcome to We Reddit, where Raph and I review critical subjects that the Reddit community points out and decide if they're crazy or if they're valid. We have the case of the people versus EBI 13 commentary. I want to state publicly for the record, we think Raph could do a better job. We think... We're naming some people off the top of our head because we're not just going to point out a problem. We're going to solve it here. Uh, well, if the barometer is can we improve over last night, just hire the two of us straight away. Call it Verbal Tap Presents. Knock yourself out. doesn't matter. John Evans is great. Rafa Sparza is great. Uh, they're great together. Mm. You add some Brandon McCatherine, and I kind of want to hear that broadcast because now you have a 10th Planeteer who's intimate as anyone can be. But you also don't have an entirely 10th Planet broadcast. Maybe people that don't understand how <laughs> certain things work in jiu-jitsu, pressure-based and passing-based that are important, like what the knee is doing and why it's doing certain things and how it's cutting across and why its depth is important in terms of passing. So there's right. some let's, things. Let's get to the actual. Holy fuck! This saying. commentary is horrible from original white Jesus. The clown of okay. commentator is. Telling I want to go back over to that guy because fuck that guy, and I'll tell you why. Original white uh, Jesus. It's terrible. Yeah, we put up a, a status that was like, "Hey, do you guys want to get to know uh, Kevin uh, Widows? Uh, the guy's going to be facing Denny in a super fight at EBI." And his response on that post on Reddit was, no, thanks. So whatever – what was his name again, Kevin? Original White Jesus. Excellent. Um, I just want to point out, <laughs> if you ever complain that the sport isn't big enough, it's because of idiots like you. I did so, like holy fuck though. And a terrible I, I understand. comment by the way. I just want to make sure this guy – when he's complaining and we're like, would you like to meet somebody you don't know? Why? No, fuck you. I'm quite elegant in my ignorance. Oh, great. I'm glad we're all good here. Continue on, Kev. Okay. The next comment of merit comes from Jitzkrieg. I hate that name too. His arm is trapped here. Oh, oh. And then Andrew Bittner uh, chimes right in and says, dude, right? I create, and they're, what they're talking about is, the announcers were really worried about Gary's arm while he had Valente in the honey hole. Raf, mm -hmm. what, what do you think the percentage is that Gary Tony gets uh, via blood loss to the arm submitted from honey hole where he's in control of the heel? Both legs, actually. I'm sorry. Did you say like blood loss? Is he dripping blood? Did he get no, cut no, no. somewhere? No, no, no. Specifically, he could lose blood circulation to his arm was what was said on the broadcast. Uh-oh. Yes. They, during those critical moments, of the Lucas Valente were very worried about Gary's arm. <laughs> uh, guys, come on. Uh, Gary's arm is fine. And that's funny, by the way. This is what Kevin Widows was talking about. So let's go to next commentary thread. Uh, these commentators are unprofessional AF. Now that's either Abercrombie and Fitch, popular clothing brand, mainstreamed into the 90s because a dude wears my car, or 
the shorthand for as fuck, which I'm going to assume it is. I'm going to go ahead and say this one's from Don BJJ. Anyone else annoyed by the announcers being a breathing 10th planet ad on top of the 10th planet ads in the show itself? Uh, somebody said, unbelievable. Anyone not 10th planet was a nobody from nowhere. Refused to give other competitors any positive remarks. Uh, uh, this is pretty good, though. It said, I'm not saying Eddie Bravo put this thing together. I'm just saying look into it. <laughs> I do like this small spute between Iso Kimura. Is there any way to mute the commentary question mark? And then DIY style, dumb question. Just say the commentary sucks. It was like, way to regulate. You guys have got this. Goddamn. I'm sorry. I love it. We read it. The biased commentary uh, is rather annoying from Steve McStevenson. Okay. So as you're seeing, there's kind of some patterns here. And there are a lot of people who just seem like they're not pleased with the commentary. There's also a lot of people who apparently still can't spell the name Gary right. That's a different subject. I just want to point out that when people send this kind of feedback to you as a business – you can choose to do whatever the fuck you want. And you can. That's not the issue. But it does signal that maybe the audience may mute it, which hinders a form of communication. I know it sounds crazy, but we do have speakers on our television for a specific reason. People want to be part of the experience. They want to hear those knees popping as much as they say they don't. They want to hear what Wagner is saying to his corner. And when you couple that with good commentary – you have something that is inviting to people. When you couple that with, I'm sorry, what was his name, Kevin? Uh, the grappler, very famous San Diego, Keenan. Cornelian. Oh, Cornelian. <laughs> yes, very well. And then do we also have time to talk about AstroTurf? I don't know. Uh, I guess okay. we'll fit it in. Uh, you know, The Darce Knight made some comments here as well. Mm, uh, definitely not Eric, but go on. That's not Eric? No, it's not Eric. Okay, no. well, it's Darcy underscore Knight, and he's a brown belt. Uh-huh. So he just worst commentary of any grappling event. I wish they had you, Sean Williams. Uh, let's see. And, and let's see. Not to mention they're always getting the people's names wrong. If you're commentating, it's your responsibility to just do a tiny bit of research and learn how to pronounce <laughs> the guy's name. So they were uh, – I, I think what this commentator is hinting at is it seemed like every time – someone came on the stage the commentary crew the broadcast crew was incredibly surprised by their existence and <laughs> that would be a fair assessment they didn't yeah. know shit about anybody they were like i believe gary fought wagner at adcc it was like you believe he did <laughs> on a scale of <laughs> one to climate change to be fair i you? will say that um when i utter the words i believe i'm trying to finish the game of clue <laughs> I just, it was uh i'm nitpicking but they were and here's my problem as you know anytime you're going to be booked for an event whether you're hosting a show doing anything in terms of people are going to be coming on and going one of the things you're going to do is quickly look at the roster and try and understand how to pronounce and identify who people are it did seem as though the least amount of preparation ever had gone into uh, this particular matchup. Like when you hear someone like Josh Palmer call Polaris, you hear a lot of depth to it and specifics about the play-by-play because, you know, that's that's sort of the role. We weren't getting a lot of that. During Gary's, I thought Gary's setting up of that Wagner takedown to the mm-hmm. that like scissor thing was genius. 
Mm-hmm. And I wasn't a thousand percent sure that's what he was trying to do. I kind of thought maybe he was just trying to toss him for fun because Terry will do that. And he clearly had a plan and he clearly countered. And it was just such a remarkable moment, I thought, of strategy. And we were talking about ADCC rules and how you don't get any of that here. Oh, and it looks like Tonin in on this heel hook. It's like in on this heel hook. Yeah, I guess in the same way that we're all in on this grappling event, like some specifics happened in, in between. So I, I was, uh, I think we're good. Did we bash that successfully? I guess so, man. I Everything just want to make sure. So good. Yeah. I mean, you know what it is, is it's like, first of all, commentary is a thankless job. Uh, there's, you're never going to get good remarks. Um, and if you do, they tend to be from a fan base that tends to be very, um, you know, sympathetic or they like you. So I, I tend to read as much as I can to just make notes for my own personal commentary because I take it as seriously as I think you should if you're a professional athlete. Like that's how I approach commentary or interviews. I watch my tape. I say, what can I do better? And, uh, you know, like when you read really shitty comments, it sucks but if you do know, notice there is an overwhelming sense of that, you kind of have to respect it and say like, all right, how do I do this? You know, are they telling me something? Are they telling me they like me? Um, are they just never going to be fans? And you try to find like, oh, are these suggestions to make me better? Or are they just dickish remarks? Now, granted, Reddit is no stranger to being uh, dickish. Uh but in some certain aspects, I would say it's value, very valuable information. So, again, when you start talking about these commentators and what it is they do, and it's a thankless job, when you do it right, it's supposed to heighten your experience. You're supposed to get excited at home. What you need is somebody who's going to pump you up and get you so, so passionate about these finishes to the point where you know not only the backgrounds of the people, you learn a little bit more about the moves. Everybody has a critical discussion about some kind of aspect of jiu-jitsu because jiu-jitsu should be vast and able to be understood despite any kind of differences in mediums or the ways that we approach it. I think the universality can really be brought together if you actually get people who just are a smidge different and I say this as somebody who has been to just about every EBI. I root for it to do well. Kevin roots for it to do well. We have a lot riding on this as people who are sitting on the sidelines who see this on Fight Pass and think, this is the path. We're close. We're close to breaking new ground and getting new people in on it. But you won't get new people in. Kevin, who has been the biggest discovery in the NFL when in terms of the broadcast team this year? Tony Romo. has been unbelievable. Why has he been unbelievable? Because the perception of Tony Romo was that he was a f- guy who could never finish. He could never take the team to the big game. Guy rocks, though. Like, but why does he rock? Why? Why? Because he explains so things better? extremely well. He teaches you while he's calling the game. You, I've learned a lot more about cover two than I thought possible. I think it's going to help with my Madden game if I ever resurgent one. But he's been great. He's also excited. He's passionate. Gives you a good situational awareness. Of what's going on? 
But what I'm saying, that's what you want from a good color commentator. You want somebody who's going to heighten the experience and make you feel that same way. Raph, I also see so, what you're getting at. I think you and Tony that? Romo would be fantastic. I think Tony Romo is going to be my, great. It's the uh, Esparza Romo ticket. I don't know that we can get him, but I love where your head's at. I just, I think the idea is this. You learn to take those people who you might not traditionally think would be a great fit for the job. I was never a Tony Romo fan, but I think it's great that he's carved out a new career for himself. So if it's not me, if it's not, you know, Brandon or some of these other people who are more than willing and ready and there, Make it somebody that you're taking a chance on because I can tell you this much. I think it is important to switch it up a little bit more. And I think that you want to breathe some life into this thing. You listen to the comments and like jujitsu, you get better when you really acknowledge where your weaknesses are. So again, to Compella, to Scott, I think you guys are upstanding people. Uh, and if you guys are going to be the commentary team, I hope you take it as seriously and, and you do the homework and you put in the time as others of us do as well. Because uh, I know for my own edification, when I get done doing one of these things, um, you know, I, I put in time writing notes and keeping up with that sort of stuff and broadcasting and honing my craft. And I know that there are others like Josh Palmer out there who do that. Um, those kind of guys who take this job very, very seriously. Uh, so they do exist, but I think as Kevin and I have alluded, maybe listen to a little bit of the commentary and maybe ask yourself, is this heightening the experience and making people get truly excited for something that is already great? Next headline, Mm. Keith Krikorian, just, Young, adorable, steps in, makes it to the quarters, gets caught by a tough Lucas Valente. Well, let's go back, Kev. So I said I was at the rules meeting, right? Yes. Rules meeting takes place at approximately hmm, 3 p.m. Okay, a little bit later because they're on EBI time. So it takes place at about eh, 3.30-ish. And uh, I happen to see Keith Kikori, and he comes over, waves hi, but he doesn't say anything. I go, oh, hey, what's up, man? He's just like, oh, hey, Mr. Sparza. Ah. And, uh, you know, he seemed happy, and I see him with PJ, and I see him with Boogie, and everybody looks like they're in great spirits. And I'm looking at PJ, and I go, man, he looks healthy. He looks good. It's going to be a great day of grappling. We get back over to the rules meeting. My good friend, Mike Padilla, pulls me aside and he goes hey man i think your boy's in i was like what who he goes your boy like look it's i think keith is in i was like what the fuck do you mean keith's in he goes oh bill cooper he didn't show up man now there's some conflicting uh news reports because uh, apparently the commentator said that bill the grail cooper didn't make weight i don't know if any of this is true so i can't prove any of this but i don't even know if bill showed up so I don't know if he called and said I can't make weight. I don't know if he did show up. I have no idea. But I can tell you that I go up to Keith and I go, how come you didn't tell me what happened? And he just said to me, and he's like, I didn't really know what's going on, Mr. Sparza. It just looks like I might be in. But I don't know. I probably won't be in. Who's not going to show up for this? Meanwhile, cuts a boogie, walking up to him at this exact second and going, oh, by the way, it looks like you're in. Keith going, oh, well, I guess I'm in. 
that's how it happened from my vantage point, Kevin. <laughs> so I got to see Keith at 3.30, maybe now at this point about 4 p.m. being told, guess what, Brody? You are in one of the hardest tournaments there is. And how – what says – you can hear my dogs going insane in the uh, background – what's his readiness? He's at weight, obviously, so he's good there. Yeah. He's been training. I mean, he must have been excited, scared. Do you know? Can you get a read? Uh, he was – I think he was just a little shocked. Like, how is this happening? And understandably so. But he gets shocked. He gets through it. And then he just goes to work, man. You know, he he goes off and he starts getting ready and – um, you know, it's it's cool to see him do his thing and and really get in the zone. But like, yeah, it's a, it's a big shock to think like there's no way I'm going to be on this EBI. I'm sorry, I'm on this EBI. And oh, he looked good. I was impressed. I had a lot he of fun a, watching him. It was great. He had a fantastic first round uh, um, against a tough opponent, Sarah Blackwell, Very good, right? Yes. Uh, James Gonzalez, who fucking looked, they everybody to me looks so fast in this tournament. Yep. It's just really difficult to follow. And then you see like PJ Barge and you know Wagner Roca or anyone and Wagner Roca. Everybody else is so quick in this tournament. Raph, before we yes. get to whatever our, I'd say we're going to probably wind out and maybe one or two headlines left sure. from our ESPN hot takes. Good time to talk about our friends at KOSportsGear.com. Fun, affordable head turning, but you got to check out their magic dragon gi. More importantly, you got to put verbal tap in when you buy it because you're going to get a discount. So you should. It's gi season. Have you felt that cold wind? Just. <laughs> tearing through as the world series starts and it's going to be a hundred degrees in LA. Have you felt that cold wind I'm talking about? That's uh, definitely swept through 34 degree Denver. It's ski season. That's the cold wind. It's all the toughness and the giantness of the gi, but this one's simpler. It's easier. Looks good. feels like you're wearing a night jacket. You're John Travolta. If you turn this thing inside out, trust me, KOSportsgear.com. Raph. Nobody forgets the John Travolta movie Night Jacket. Nobody. Nobody. Everybody's in on that. Uh, Final storylines from this thing. Damn. PJ Barch, Nathan Orchard, and that bet really added some fun incentiveness. Do, Do you know what bet I'm talking about? What is that, Kevin? There was apparently a side bet where if uh, the person that makes it the furthest in this tournament gets to represent the team at Combat Worlds. That is correct. That's pretty awesome, Eddie. Storyline, Eddie Bravo still kind of rocks when it comes to interior bets. Is there anyone better? (laughs) He got Bill the Grill to do the twister when he threw the money down. You know, here's another example. The guy just rocks at it. Um, You know... <clears throat> There's some things to note. It's a it's a fascinating thing to look at from all sides, though, Kev. When you really take it apart, you look at this EBI. I just I get excited to see all of the fun things that are evolving, right? Absolutely, like, sure. Okay, 
Okay. Um, and then you look at some of the stuff that you think is always going to be more of the same. Like, you know, for EBI, you can always count on uh, good heel hook attacks, you know, leg attacks, uh, inventive. It's always trying to push the boundaries, uh, super fights, good commercials, all that sort of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And then, like, there are the, like, small little surprises. You get your Keith Kikorians. You get your uh, story of the days of your Wagner Rocha, who are kind of like, oh, man, look at him. That was an impressive run he had. And then you take it back a little bit further, Kevin. And then you see the stories behind the story. So if you're asking for the stuff that I saw behind the scenes, small things, okay? Okay. Okay. Uh, number one. I'm ready for this. Small thing storyline. The, yes. the behind the scenes. The behind the scenes stuff. Uh, <clears throat> you can tell when Travis Nawaza is causing a ruckus and yelling nonsense. Sure. He's just super loud. Uh, and at some point he was yelling out something to Keith. Uh, like he was shouting out coaching advice. And you're like, shut the fuck up, Travis. Okay, thanks. We love you. Um, <laughs> other small things. I can tell you that. The vendors there, they have a, a, a plethora of vendors. It's amazing. I can tell you that the acai? people who work uh, – No, acai. It's like they have like mini – I think they have like tacos and nachos and stuff like okay. that. Um, but they did renovate the inside of the Orpheum for the waiting room area. Nice. Uh, I can tell you that at one point – this is 100% truth because I felt you needed to know this. John Danaher, when I went to go shake his hand at the very end of the evening – might have been echoing a challenge set forth by Gary and Gordon to have a rap battle with me. And when I shook his hand, said I would have been killed, then proceeds to put me in a wrist lock and then says, Mr. Spaza, are you familiar with Mr. Steven Seagal? And I was like, yeah, I am. Please don't hurt me. This seems terrible. You should be familiar with Mr. Steven Seagal and Mr. Esparza, but are you a fan of his first film, Hard to Kill? And, like, he's bending my wrist, and I'm like, yeah, I am. And he goes, that's false. His first film was, oh, it was above the, yeah, 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 I got that. Good job, Danaher. I don't know. I don't have most people doing a quiz show that are giving me a wrist lock and trying to bend my fucking <laughs> arm. And then I realize that's a probably a really good game show, Kevin. <laughs> Like Danaher starts in some advantageous position that just looks like maybe it's EBI overtime where he's got uh, the way that he's going to start shake. with the hand in there. Yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, whatever it is, but it just was like I think he's threatening me, and I don't he have any recourse. You, you so should take heed about what you've done. Maybe your interview questions are finally upset him. I mean, he should take heed at being able to land harder questions because short Instagram posts pissing him off. It's probably it. Mr. Spaz, I read how many words were in your Instagram post and it's not satisfactory. You need at least 2,000 more. What are you doing? So um, other short little observations. Gary is as dumb as he seems. He was wearing the Hef shirt at the rules meeting. I can tell you that the guys during the rules meeting are, you know, they're nervous, but everybody at least seems to be in good spirits. Um, It's kind of like not even a roast. It's just kind of like a big party for everybody in the rules meeting. I can tell you afterwards, um, everybody's throwing up the 10th planet, even if they weren't in 10th planet. But I guess the last big observation I have for you guys from being on scene is this. 
there are definitely clouds of marijuana smoke that just kind of like peter awesome. around. That's right. And you, you like I feel like you just kind of look through the fog and that's kind of it. Like that's how you know where Eddie is. <laughs> and those, those are your observations. That's kind of how he looked. Well, great event. EBI 13 Rock. The fights were unbelievable. It what a just a group of fighters. They they all have uh Son of a bitch. I mean, <laughs> even people that filled in last minute, right? That was uh, an underlying story like Mike Walensky uh, there who was extremely tough. And it was like, shit. That... I was impressed how impossible it was to submit some of these guys. So overall, great event. It was not impossible. And this is another ESPN hot take from the weekend. <laughs> it was not impossible for Donald Cerrone to escape Darren Till, who mm. stuffed a takedown early in the first round and unleashed a shot that caught the Cerrones. Darren Till's pretty good at fighting. He is. He called his shots. And uh, I have to say this. Uh, when Donald Cerrone threw one of his kind of like check kicks to see what the power level might be of Till and how much he might be able to respond, Till wasn't even phased. He caught him really, really easily, and it rocked Cerrone. It actually broke his nose. So that was something that happened. That's why you saw Donald start to curl up a little bit. Now, I have to say there's got to be a lot of credit given to Cerrone, and we say this a lot, but think about it in this way. Cerrone was fighting a non-ranked fighter for the shit of it and then still was trying to get on a fight card in, I think, two and a half weeks. I don't think that's happening. Not with the broken. At least not maybe. to what I know. I mean, maybe. We'll see. You can never question what happens with the Don Cerrones. But there is that. And so uh, props to Till. There's a lot of dumb stuff. Uh, Lebov, like he was knocked out. And apparently Conor McGregor said some like homophobic shit. You know, same dollar, different day. Yeah. Well, congrats to Darren Till. Big yes. win. Congrats to our friend Sam Alvey, who had just a great fight against Ramazan and Meev. Ramazan probably is like, that guy's impossible to knock out, and I would agree. Mm. Smiled the whole way. Just got hit so many times. What a good fight. But the two of them need to calm down. They clashed, Raf. Yeah. Worth going back to see. Just a lot of like ref warnings for don't headbutt each other. This was such a fun weekend. You were on the ground. I can't wait to see the interviews. Um, I think that's going to do it for us tonight, isn't it? Yep. Well, time for some shout outs. I'll start uh, to the people at Ace Hardware and to the people at Ikea. Wow. You've sure made moving into this new neighborhood in the Highlands a breeze. And to the people at Jaber Jiu-Jitsu, yeah, I've seen the photos. Yeah, it does look like people are training hard. Mm. That's uh, good for you guys. Raph, that's going to do it for me. I'm just tapping out. All right, sounds good. Let's go ahead and start by thanking everybody from EBI. Thank you guys so much for all of your kindness. Um, we appreciate you guys always opening the doors. So that's everybody from Lanka to Megan to everybody on staff. Uh, big shout outs, of course, to Eddie 
and uh, all the great people who work behind the scenes to make that event run so smoothly. Uh, also, big shout out to our good friend, Mike Padilla. So I got the chance over the weekend to really get to know Mike. There is an interview up with him from Friday night on the Verbal he's Tab good. video page. He is not, he's not just good, Kevin. I got to roll with him for about a good hour's worth of time. He, he real good. He's good. And uh, one of the things I really like about him was in the interview, he really was giving raw, great answers. It's a fun interview in which you get to see a little bit more of the insight as to the how and the why of why he actually is a jiu-jitsu instructor and wants to have an academy. And uh, I think the guy – it's funny because I got to know him a little bit longer because my computer was doing an update. So I was sitting here waiting for it to go up. And I was like, did you want to train? And he's like, yeah, dude, let's get some rounds in. And uh, he proceeded to beat the shit out of me for a full hour. That's not important. But he was so fun and chill and we had such a good time just shooting the shit that by the time we got to the interview, he was already gold. He was already ready to to give you guys gold. But um, just a a really nice human being. So whenever he's back in town, uh, send big shout-outs to him. Of course, to Gary, Gordon, John, uh, Jeff Chu. The whole Gary Tonin clan, uh, Gary Tonin's mom, his sister, I got to meet both of them. I apologize profusely when she's like, I'm familiar with your work. And I was like, I'm so sorry. Oh, wow. No. Uh, who showed you? And uh, uh, big shout out, uh, I believe it is to um, – Kev, how do I put this? How do we address doing a shout out to a knee? Can you uh, can you do like a shout out to like uh, Lucas Valente's one knee? eighth of Valente? I think got it. Okay, yeah. one eighth of Valente. Is it like a Starbucks thing? That's like I'd like a half Valente. <laughs> like your Grande Valente. A Grande <laughs> Valente like with a half calf calf now. <laughs> um, so uh, again, Hold a good attendance. reminder as a uh, a PSA, if you would, just to remind people, please tap. Uh, to everybody at the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club, again. <laughs> especially if it's Gordon, Gordon Ryan's training teacher and sexual enlightener guru Gary Tonin. Like, if you're gonna tap to anyone, yeah. make it him. Uh, again, really good stuff there. Um, couldn't be happier that we got the chance to chat with all of these people. Um, you know, it was just, it, dude, it was a crazy fucking weekend. Um. My thanks to Bonnie for the rides and good time because Bonnie and I were uh, uh, traveling over to a, a female event. So it was the – let me go ahead and get this right. I want to make sure you guys know it. It is the Women Art and Jiu-Jitsu Show. It is Get a Grip Clothing presented a uh, a nice open mat that also had uh, art by Felicia O. And it was also in recognition of – the female Dirty Dozen, that is the first 12 American female black belts. And uh, it was amazing because I think they had like six of those there. And to hear their stories, it was amazing. But even better than that, Kevin, was to watch the little girls who were in attendance looking up to these women who are pioneers and who helped pave the way for them and so, so many more. So um, it was really an honor just to get to to see that and to take part in it so uh, we're very very happy that they they included us and everybody who helped sponsor that event i think it's so cool whenever we get to uh pay it forward 
and uh, you know recognize uh, the female jiu-jitsu practitioners because for so many of them especially as they told the stories kevin they all were thinking to themselves they would never see a day like this when they start jiu-jitsu nobody really thinks like i'm gonna start and be a legend and yet they persisted they kept at it they didn't have all their training partners who were female they often had to go through just shit stories in order to get to something like this. And for many of them, they never thought a recognition like this would ever happen. So it was it was pretty touching to see. So uh, our thanks again to everybody uh, for coming out to support that one. Los Angeles Jiu-Jitsu Club, I want to finish this thought. Uh, 8 a.m. training, Monday through Friday. This week is going to be particularly interesting as our good friend Mr. Joseph House, a.k.a. Joey, is going to be taking on Enrico Coco at the LA Exchange as part of the Bushido Battleground Epic Series. We've also found out more information. If you guys want to buy tickets, go use the promo code Joey at purplepass.com. You can find out more about it at Joey House uh, for more information on Instagram. But I want to point out some of the other matches that we know of. We know that Gabe Rudiger, who I trained with today and who beat the shit out of me he looks ready he is taking on juan bernardo in a combat sambo match you've got brandon david versus ben eddie in a combat jiu-jitsu match in another combat jiu-jitsu match you have Bree stickleman who by the way Bree stick literally just took first place in the gi at the world grappling trials and took second in no gi she is in route back as we speak right now to be ready to fight in two days at Bushido Battleground at LA Exchange. So we're excited for that. And I, she is going to be taking on Gabby Romero, who is an Invicta fighter. And uh, that's going to be a good match. So between all of those matches, I don't know where you go wrong. I hope you guys are excited to go see it. I am unfortunately going to be in Vegas. So if you're in Vegas, come say hello to me. I'm probably going to be training out that way. But I wanted to let you guys know so that you do not go and miss it because uh, support your local sub-only grappling community. And uh, also a big shout-out to my homeschool, VMAC, Valley Martial Arts Center. Great training out that way. And I want to let you guys know something. There is a tournament coming up on December 10th at Valley Martial Arts Center for white and blue belts. Mm-hmm. It is, I think, 40 bucks. It's pretty cheap. Go check out valleymac.com. For more information, that is white and blue belts. And yes, I believe that also applies to kids. So that is all the information I got for you. And, uh, you know, go check out gentleartmagazine.com. We're putting up more content and you guys are going to see more and more stuff going on there. Uh, very excited. I just talked tonight. We've got a couple stories that are in the works. So I think you guys are going to be very, very happy with those things. Hey, that'll do it for us tonight here at verbal tap i'm kevin thank you for listening good night and good fight